Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, this is a caffeine cast like no other I've ever done. And uh, it's very rare that something moves me so greatly. Uh, I don't know if you know, I'm a big fan of watching autobiographies, documentaries. I love studying people and what makes them successful, what makes them tick, what can I learn from them, passionate, creative, disruptive people. And Uh, My favourite genre, actually, is the fashion genre, because I just think you get a real insight into people and how they tick. And I I love fashion myself. And, you know, often in fashion, you get the tortured soul, the tortured artist, which in my old life, if you know anything about my past, I'm kind of a bit like that. And so a brand new uh, documentary came out on Alexander McQueen and it moved me to tears. It's uh, had a profound impact on me. Uh, Also, I turned 40 this week and Alexander McQueen was 40 uh, when he took his own life. He took his own life um, after the funeral of his mother. And um, I'm going to talk through eight or nine things that really hit me about this documentary that I think are useful to discuss. I try and figure out things that work for you for me, for entrepreneurs, and give you the how-to. In in this episode, I'm probably just going to be a bit more exploratory. There are some solutions, um, but but it's more an observation in a reflective time in my life when I'm about to turn 40. Um, So it's called McQueen. Uh, His full name is Lee Alexander McQueen, and I really do think you should watch it once you've listened to this podcast. So the first thing, and this has really been nagging me, and uh, like uh, we're going to talk about this a lot more, is that he yearned to make people feel something through his work. Uh, so he didn't mind upsetting people. He didn't mind polarising people. For him, failure and fear was apathy. It was in the middle. So he didn't mind if you raved about him or hated him as long as you felt something. He wanted you to feel something strongly. He wanted to provoke emotion. Uh, In fact, the um, current exhibition on his work is called Savage Beauty, which is, of course, um, in a way is a paradox and balances those extreme forces. He also calls himself, if you look at um, study him, he calls himself a romantic schizophrenic, which, again, is it's the extreme balance of, you know, the dark and the light side, uh, the strong emotion from either extreme. And I've certainly been thinking about that in brand, in marketing, in business. And um, some people I really admire in business say that death is in the middle, you know, when you're vanilla, when you're grey, when you're not known. Um, and, you know, you know, I'm sure that if you want to grow a big fan base or if you want to build a big business, you're going to have resistance, you're going to have critics and you're going to have haters. And sometimes we can get lost in that middle where we're trying to play a bit safe and oh, we're comfortable now because we don't have too many critics and haters and things are just bubbling along. 
And I had some serious deep thoughts um, over Christmas and New Year and the turn of 2018 to 19. And I have these every year. Um, but in the early years of my business, I took a lot of risks. I was very outrageous. I definitely would polarise people. And as my business turns 12, 13 years old, I, we've become more mature and the forces have made us maybe be a, a little bit more risk averse. We're still innovative, but we're not extreme as much as maybe we were a few years ago. And that's going to change. And that's going to be reflected in this podcast and, you know, our inter interactions with each other. And it just really inspired me. Now, of course, I'm trying to balance, as we all are, um, this making people feel something strong and, and balancing these extremes without um, hanging ourselves at the age of 40, which is a, a tragic, romantically tragic end to his life. And so that's what I'm trying to work out. How can I get as close as possible to the genius of people like McQueen uh, and many other people like him? If you think about the artists, the poets, the authors, all these geniuses who ended up killing themselves or really struggling or becoming drug addicts, how can we get as close to that as possible but without, you know, the, the, the tragic end to the story? And that's what I'm going to try and figure out. And you're probably going to see that come through the podcast episodes. OK, so the second thing I, that really took from... Um, this documentary McQueen was that he had a very dark side to his nature uh, and he was in tune with that and he wrestled with it. And of course, it hurt him, too. Uh, and I actually believe that there are dark sides to all of our natures. I'm a positive person overall, but I do wrestle with boredom. I do wrestle with um, maybe not feeling good enough or important enough. Uh, I do wrestle with some feelings of guilt. When I go all in in one area, I feel guilt that I'm not maybe as focused on another area as possible. If I'm all in with my family, I feel guilt about the business. If I'm all in with the business, I feel guilt about the family. Um, I, you know, like I have envy, I have greed, I have jealousy, I have all these emotions that every human being does. And, and I think we should be honest about that because they are human traits and every human being has every human trait. And I'm doing my absolute best to manage those but they're there and they're, they exist. And, you know, when I did years of personal development from 2006 and got a lot more positive, I almost suppressed those like, you know, like that made you a bad person. Um, but, you know, if you think about greed as an emotion, there's a big upside to greed because you can grow things. You can make a difference. You know, like for me, it's not so much about the money anymore, though I like money, um, but it's about progress. It's about reaching more people. And, you know, sometimes when you don't hit those targets, you feel empty. You, you start to look at other people and go, why is it easy for them? Um, anyway, that's not as dark as uh, what uh, Alexander McQueen was dealing with. I mean, he was as abused as a child. He felt alone. He died alone. He died um, hanging on the evening of his mother's funeral. Um, but I would just like to say that I, I believe all of us in our own ways are dealing and wrestling with the darker sides to our nature. Um, I get what probably 75, 80 message, messages a day on um, just LinkedIn on Facebook that get to me. My I've got two PAs and outsourcers and they probably get hundreds of messages a day. And I get messages from people every day who are struggling, who are depressed, who've had su suicidal thoughts. Of course, I get messages every day of people who are you know financially free and, and making really good money and life is great. These two sides to life exist. And I think that we shouldn't hide from either of them because the sceptic probably tries to deny the positivity and the positive person tries to deny the, the darker side of nature. Um, you know, I think that we all yearn for importance. We all are narcissistic, narcissistic from time to time. We, we, we want to inflict revenge on people. 
for me, revenge is never about an individual. I mean, I don't think I've really inflicted any revenge for many years, consciously. Uh, but for me, when someone does something that reminds me of the pain I felt when I was younger or my own failings, my initial emotional reaction is, you know, I want to get you. Uh, you know, and I have to try and focus that energy and because and, and, it's strong. If I could focus that energy into my business, my work, my creativity, that's a great use of that dark energy. But it's there. I'm listening to a great book at the moment by Robert Greene called The Laws of Human Nature. It's long. Um, it's very long. Uh, um, so, you know, you've got to sift a bit for the bits that you might want to take out of it. But he really embraces the darker side of nature in 48 Laws of Power and um, The Laws of Human Nature. So, you know, I, I have to be careful there because I'm an extreme guy. And so I could, I could get right into this dark side and be creative. And, and, but all of a sudden, everything's dark. And I'm, yeah, so you, you just balance it. Um, so it, unfortunately, he let the darker side of his nature get the better of him. He was a tortured soul. Again, how can we tap into the darkest side of, of, of our nature to turn it into art, to turn it into beauty, to commercialize it, to monetize it, to have it help our followers, fans, our customers, our clients, but, you know, without uh, the cost um, and striving for that balance and embracing both of those sides. I think that's a good thing for us to try and figure out. I'm certainly going to be trying to figure that out more. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to get all dark and de depressed on you in my work, but certainly my best artwork when I was an artist was when I tapped into that darker side. Certainly the podcast that get the most downloads, if you were to be able to see my downloads, it's where I talk about and express this darker side. It's human nature and that's okay. Okay, number three then, uh, is he felt really betrayed by people when they left. He pushed people away because of his feelings of maybe not being loved or the attention that he, he desired. He was so committed and engrossed in his work that he did put a lot of pressure on people around him and maybe wasn't as present or as grateful, according to others. Of course, I wasn't there. Um, so when people left, either pushed away by him in their perception, um, he felt that they betrayed him. Uh, and I've actually written an article on this. If you follow me in any of my social media communities, you might have seen my article. And some people have resisted this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I still believe this to be true. I believe that no one betrays you. I believe people are merely loyal to themselves. Now, this can be hard to swallow, but I see and hear people daily. I'm dozens of people probably a day who are holding angst and negative bad energy um, because they feel betrayed by people. And that doesn't serve you because you can't control how they are. So, in fact, that's the sort of thing that can turn you towards suicide. Like it was one of the factors, I think, that turned um, Alexander McQueen to suicide. People are loyal to themselves. People are loyal to their values. People to the lo are loyal to the most important things to them. And if you meet their values, match their values, serve their values, or you're aligned with their values, then you'll perceive they're loyal to you, but they're loyal to them, to you. And as soon as there's a, a conflict or there's a break in that, they'll be gone. Uh, and this, again, is human nature. And I sometimes think we can get very romantic and idealistic um, uh, that people would be loyal to us, especially as entrepreneurs. When you hire people, you give them the chance. But remember, you're selfish when you give them the, the chance because you're employing them and you want to, you know, you, you want to leverage them and you want to commercialize them. So it's convenient for you, too. 
Um, and then when, when they leave or turn against you or gossip about you or bitch and moan and complain about you, you feel betrayed when in fact they're just getting their own needs met. Now, whether this is the reality or not, I think it's a better belief to have because when you realise people never betray you, they just are loyal to themselves and they're never loyal to you. Um, it, it, you just have less emotional pain and you have a stronger mindset and there's less distress and resentment and anger, uh, you know, and, 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 and hatred. And uh, for sure, when you get really emotional, strong, deep, dark emotions on things you can't control, that's when things get tough. You know, when people financially or economically blame the recession or Brexit or, you know, you feel powerless because you're a victim to other people. When you have no control, that is when it gets hard for you practically, but it gets really hard for you emotionally because you can't do anything about it. I know my darkest days in business and life are where I've felt powerless and out of control. So whether practically in, in reality or just emotionally, even if the belief is not necessarily reality, we've got to have beliefs about people that put us in control that we can change. So if I never take any betrayal personally, because I know they're just being loyal to their values, I know I can change how I perceive them. And I perceive them, hey, look, that's fine. They're just a normal person meeting their own needs and values. In fact, how could I have met their own needs and values more so that I could have changed how they were towards me and then maybe they wouldn't have left? That puts me in control. That gives me some power. Now, this, this is the one of all the eight points I made where people were like, oh, no, that's rubbish. People, you know, like people should be honest with me. People betrayed me. They betrayed my trust. Um, I'm still going to push on that and say, no, they didn't betray your trust. At the time when they made their promise, it was convenient to them and it met their needs and values. Uh, and then it didn't. Or they just told you what you wanted to hear because it was more comfortable in the moment. Uh, and certainly this was a lot of the torture that um, Alexander McQueen faced because um, you know, he was so committed and so passionate and pushed people so hard and then his staff loved him. But then when they felt burned out or distanced from him, he'd cut them off. He'd feel they're betrayed, even though he's pushed them away. Um, then he'd become cold and cruel. And then that would be like a reflexive relationship. Um, and unfortunately, he was left alone. And I would not want anyone to go through that. OK, number four point then is uh, it really struck me that uh, he had mentors and collaborators. And I bang on about having mentors, partners, uh, you know, collaborators. Uh, you cannot do this alone as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are not self-made. You know, yes, you may have not had money and yes, you may be successful or start to be successful, but you need brokers, you need lawyers, you need accountants, you need VAs, outsourcers, you need inspiration, you need ideas, you need, you need people around you. And virtually, in fact, I can't think of one successful person that I've studied hasn't had mentors and collaborators. And there's a fraternity of pretty negative, um, can't do people, critics who are like, oh, well, you can get everything on Google for free. And oh, well, you know, why should you pay people for information and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, you, you just got to work it out yourself. Uh, when in reality, if you work it out yourself, you're going to have to go through all the, the pain, the mistakes, the challenges. Um, anyway, I don't want to go to too much of a digression. I just want to tell you about how it was with McQueen. Um, Isabella Blow, who was very famous in the fashion world, unfortunately, she passed away when she was 48. She found, discovered Alexander McQueen. Um, and she was a mentor to him. She fiercely supported him. She fiercely promoted him and his work. 
And that really got him ahead and gave him a boost at a very young age, like 19, 20 years old. He then went and worked in Savile Row and he had skills already, but he developed his skills under Anderson and Shepard and Geeves and Hawks. Then he went and worked under um, the fashion icon Romeo Gigli. Um, then he went and worked as the chief designer at Givenchy, uh, which, you know, he, that's a massive brand that leveraged him. And of course, he was great too. You know, he had the flair, but they had the big brand. And, uh, and then he got um, massive financial backing from Gucci. So he was backed, supported, collaborated and mentored the whole way through. And I would absolutely challenge you to do that. I've challenged myself this year to go to a much higher level. I want, I want billionaires as my mentors. I want people who, who are 60, 70, 80 years old, it being you know, for my 40th year. I want to be a, a little baby compared to them. I want to learn things that I, I want to achieve in my life from people who've already been there and done it. And I'll pay for it. I'll pay whatever it needs to, to be paid um, because to me that is an investment, not a cost. Uh, and um, I'd say last year, sort of 2018, I got quite comfortable. I'm pretty good at getting around a lot of people. I'm pretty good at, at uh, getting around people who are more successful than me. Of course, my podcast has had me make some, meet some amazing people, but I just want to go to the next level. And I'd, I'd challenge you and encourage you to do the same. OK, fifth point that really hit home from uh, the McQueen documentary is that he needed financial backing. And I've watched a lot of fashion documentaries where for years and years and years, these haute couture boutique fashion houses basically make no money. And I've, I feel like I could really mentor these people on the commercial side to business. Um, not saying I know everything. Of course I don't. And they know way more fashion than me. But they find it hard to monetize for years and years and years because they're, they're so much focused on the creative side more than the commercial side. And I feel like I want to sit down with them all and say there's nothing wrong with having a commercial focus. And a lot of the pain and the torture comes from all creative and no commercial and almost shunning the commercial. But um, he maybe through gritted teeth um, accepted this fact and worked as chief designer at Givenchy and then got a massive backing from Gucci. Uh, and he got serious financial investment. And it, that made him a millionaire. But of course, it, he said it was never about the money, but enabled him to grow. It enabled him to reinvest in his fashion label, invest huge amounts of money in, in the shows to make the shows jaw dropping and make them emotional because they, they weren't cheap. Uh, and whether, you know, like whether you embrace backing through gritted teeth or whether you embrace it um, because, you know, you know, you want to grow your business. If you look at a lot of businesses that grow, they're backed by mentors or other companies or they're financially backed now. Mark and I haven't raised capital. We, we haven't been financially backed in terms of selling share capital to our companies, but we have certainly had investment into our properties. Uh, probably done 750 plus properties with um, other people's money or joint ventures or money rolled from deals rolled into new deals. Uh, and, and, and I needed financial backing in the early days in 2006 to build my property portfolio. And Sometimes you need an injection of cash to grow. Now, if you want to grow, if you want to reach more people, the commercial side, the commercial realities of business are as equally as important as the creative side. Now, um, I don't know if you're more creative than commercial or more commercial than creative. I won't make the assumption, but there are so many startup entrepreneurs, coaches, co consultants, trainers, people who are creative, designers, you know, all those kind of people, people who work in fashion, in art, who shun the commercial side of business. Well, good luck. You've got a hobby if you shun the commercial side of business. And I would say it, it doesn't ruin your art to, sh to embrace the commercial side of business. In fact, 
You can be creative with the commercial side. I'm a, like I said uh, earlier, I'm about to interview. What did I? Maybe I didn't say this earlier. Maybe this was another podcast. Um, I'm about to interview Dan D'Agostino, who makes a quarter of a million dollar amplifiers. Uh, and, you know, that's a, a serious chunk of money. Um, and I'm going to ask him the, the commercial and the artistic side of, of making amplifiers. He's clearly been able to embrace the commercial side if he makes amplifiers for a quarter of a million pounds or a quarter of a million dollars. I think they're each and you need, I think you need two of them to drive the speakers. So you're talking half a, a million dollars. And I'm sure he has some critics and I'm sure he has some people, what, half, half a million pound on amplifiers? Uh, I don't know why I squeaked so much there. Uh, so, look, you can't sell clothes. You can't sell your art. You can't grow your business unless you sell, unless you embrace the commercial reality. So it's okay, embrace it and don't let it stifle you. Embrace the art and the business. Um, number six then is he definitely didn't have enough time off. He kept going on and on and on in the interview, probably five or six times in the interview, he said, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. It's hard, it's hard work, it's hard work. And I think that was one of the factors that also cost him his life. Uh, throughout the documentary, um, it was just a repeating pattern that he was in this endless cycle that he felt he couldn't get away from. He felt trapped. He did up to 14 shows a year. He had three different labels. He had McHugh, um, Alexander McQueen, and then of course he was either working, he was working with Givenchy as the creative designer. Um, he felt he had no choice but to keep working. And of course, then um, he started having suicidal thoughts. He felt like um, suicide was the only way to get out. He started talking about suicide. Um, he was advised by people to take a year out. Uh, and he never did because he thought that too many people relied on him. Now, this is a trap. I've felt um, myself get into this trap a few years ago when I felt that the business was reliant on me. If you're employed, this can be a trap. And I think a little balance is OK. And, um, you know, like I might be able to meet Alexander McQueen now. He'd be 49 years old. I might be able to interview him on my podcast if he'd taken a little time out. So I would say if you really feel trapped and you feel like you're cornered, just get away. It's OK to get away. The world will carry on um, and people will survive and your business and your brand will survive. You, you, you know, you, you won't die. Um, if you just get some space. In fact, there's an argument to say if you're too available, then that's not maybe as good for your brand because you don't build that hunger and that need. So from every time, every now and again, it's okay to go off the grid or go AWOL or just go and do something on your own and turn your phone off for a few weeks or whatever. Now, you may not want to and that's fine, but it's okay to and life goes on. And Michael Jackson, he famously used to get himself really away from the private eye for a very long time to build this desire and hunger for him. Um, and Alexander McQueen probably would have benefited if he went a bit AWOL um, and, you know, maybe didn't do those uh, 14 shows a year because then he would have been less of a commodity, not that he was one, but less of one. Uh, I, I, you know, so growing a business and, and scaling and not feeling trapped is about leverage. It's about building your team up. It's about getting other people to do the work that um, you feel only you can do. And it's let go, letting go of that over control. It was so obvious to me in this documentary. It's, there's such strong need for control, which artists and creatives. And by the way, most entrepreneurs are artists and creatives. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's so much control. It's got to be like this. It's got to be like that. It's my name on the door. Everything. If it fails, it's all on me. And that's just... Hinting and 
Um, it's a dangerous trap. Um, which leads me to the seventh point, this massive need for too much control that he had. Um, and, and I think that did cost him also his life. It made great art. It made great catwalk because um, McQueen creatively controlled virtually every aspect of his work and shows. But you could see that the pressure built on him and built on him and built on him. He said, and this is a paraphrase quote, but he said, everyone else can go home and get away from it. But when I go home, I'm still Alexander McQueen. And this, this control is a curse. It's so common. Um, but if you think about it, you are stronger, bigger, wiser if you let other people have control, if you let other people come through and take on responsibility and projects. No one's going to turn around at one of McQueen's shows and go, oh, well, you know, you didn't do that part of the show. One of your assistant designers did. And you, yeah, oh, well, you can't, take, you can't put your name above the door because they all did the work. They just think he's even more of a genius. Damien Hurst and Andy Warhol, they get people to paint their pictures for them. Hurst has a studio. He hires people. And Warhol got other people to paint his work and his art. And I think that that, this, that is art. I know if I was going back into art, I wouldn't do it all myself. I'd, um, there is art in business and business in art. So it's just something to think about. If you can develop other, uh, develop and nurture other uh, leaders within your business, your enterprise, I think that's what being a great business owner is. And it's a myth to think that just because it's creative or technical or skilled what you do, that you can't do that. I know people who haven't had holidays for years. And, you know, I know people who have got challenges with their mental health because it's not so much always needing the time. It's feeling trapped and feeling like you're on this hamster wheel, which you're not. It's just a perception. OK, and then my final big thing that I learned um, from the McQueen documentary was he never really seemed to be able to talk about how he felt. Uh, and I think we all struggle with our demons. I know from the private messages I get every day, people are struggling with their own demons. Um, I am struggling with mine. And I feel very fortunate that my demons aren't as dark as many people with the messages that I get. Now, I don't need to think I'm, I'm going a bit dark and not being positive here because I'm very positive too. I think that the, the, the greatest positivity is to be realistic about your demons, embrace your demons, the darker side, talk about it, express it, turn it into your art. Like for me, the podcast, doing this episode is a way for me to turn, you know, I felt really strongly moved from this documentary and I'm able to take how I felt that emotion and rather than it stew in me and me start to question everything about myself, which can happen, I get to express it and to share it and to talk about it. Um, we're all tortured in some way, but if we bottle it up, it does not help. If we hold it in, it does not help. It gets worse. What you resist will persist. Um, you can see a few times in the documentary, he sometimes got close to opening up about pushing people away or um, about his abuse, his HIV. Uh, but it immediately came up and changed the subject and it wasn't properly dealt with. It is not weak to express yourself and to open up about your difficulties and challenges. It is strong. People love to help. If you open up about the challenges you have, whether it's to me through the messages or you know, to your team or the, the people that you care about and care about you, all of a sudden solutions will start to come. You'll, they will step up. Um, so a lot of these points about needing too much control and not having enough time off and not talking about how you feel, they all link towards building other people through to help you. And ultimately your business, your brand and your income grows and benefits from it. So I'd just like to say, finally, if you are struggling, if you're feeling in a dark place, please reach out for help. You can reach out to me, um, my LinkedIn profile or 
Um, in the disruptive entrepreneur community on private messages on Facebook seems to be where people do it. Um, so I believe that when Alexander McQueen was mastering his darker demons, he was courageous. He was expressing himself. He was not holding back who he believed he was. Um, he was very strong with his convictions. He was embracing the dark and the lighter side of his na nature. Uh, and I'd embrace you to do the same. Make people feel something. Don't let that dark side consume you or take, take over because, you know, it can build and build and build. It's OK to let go. It's OK to ask for help. Take some time off. Go hide away from time to time. Break down from time to time. I'd say twice a year I have a little bit of a meltdown, usually not in public, thankfully. And um, then you start again and you, you build things back up and it's great. So, you, just, you know, if you need a, someone that you can just have a rant and, and, and shout and, you know, like just jump up and down to and uh, about things that are you know frustrating you let that release that out allow your light to shine as well so I'd just like to say rest in peace alexander mcqueen um i certainly was moved and inspired by the documentary i believe it's a much a must watch um i'd love your thoughts on it um so um you have these talents you have this genius too it's not just mcqueen it's not just these documentaries that are made on people when they pass away that were these bright light and, and then they went everybody has these amazing talents and gifts um so yeah i would love your thoughts so please let me know once you've watched the documentary and also what you thought about this episode uh i want to keep the dialogue going for the next 12 months on balancing the dark and the light balancing the the taking the risk with the you know not risking too much balancing the the bold the courageous and the outrageous with the the analytical and the prepared uh, and these the opposing forces that always seem to be there that we oscillate between. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And actually, this was quite a long episode in the end. Um, yeah, but I um, hope you got a lot of value from it. 